Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. Go on your way, carry no purse, no bag, no sandals. Luke 10, 13. All right, good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to the Sociable Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNenny and I'm thrilled to be with you today, um, offering you insights and delights from our household where God dwells in the wonder of nature this week, slowing me down enough to enjoy the hard work of the bees on my lavender bush. At any given time, there are a couple of dozen bumbling and making a soothing buzzing sound. And I remember that I can hear God in the quiet of a summer's day. Um, and um, each week, sorry, I'm distracted. We have people looking around our flat while I'm doing my show. So I'm just hoping they're not going to come in and um, disturb me during my show. But each week I entice an unsuspecting, hugely fascinating person to join me for part of the show. I offer a 30-minute natter and together we talk about aspects of family life, which usually relate to homeschooling and always speak straight to the heart of parents who place the responsibility of child rearing above their highest joy. Joining me today is is Marina Viatora, an expat living in Guatemala with her family. And since I'm right in the middle of a traveling series of shows, I thought Marina would be the perfect person to talk to about planning a long or a short trip where parents can spend time relaxing and enjoying their family instead of stressing over the details. On the family front, I'll be telling you about our change in the family dynamic, a mini school reunion with four ladies whom I hardly know, and a caving adventure in nearby Chislehurst. I'd hand around cucumber sandwiches and iced fancies with crystal tumblers of sparkling water if you were with me on my patio. But instead, let's just pretend our little tea party this afternoon. I'm going to be jumping right in with my guest this week, who 12 years ago took a solo trip to Latin America from her home in New York. She overlanded it through Mexico all the way down to Argentina and Chile alone. Marina Toro met a fascinating man on the course of this long trip who spoke flawless English. His persistence eventually won her heart and they married. They have two boys and live the expat life in Central America. Together, they've journeyed all over South America for the last 10 years and Marina Marina runs her own travel business, fitting in with my traveling theme brilliantly. I'm going to be picking Marina's brains about travel advice, tips and recommendations as to where to eat, stay and play with your family and children. And um, Marina, it seems, is not available to talk to me right now. So we will wait until the first break and then we'll see if we can get her then. Um, anyway, there is, um, we had a lovely, I have to say that typically here in England during Wimbledon fortnight, which is the last weekend in June and well, the last week in June, the first week in July, it usually rains. Well, we had such a surprise this year that the sun actually shone during the last week of Wimbledon, and it's been glorious 
ever since. So what's that been? Four, five weeks? And um, the English really aren't very good with the warm weather. And I have to admit that public transportation is grim because of the lack of air conditioning on the trains and buses. We do get smatterings of cloudy days to break up the heat wave. And over the weekend, this weekend, we heard thunder and lightning, which is very rare here. I was caught out in the rain this week. I decided not to take an umbrella with me when I went on my walk. Nothing quite as ridiculous looking as someone walking through the woods with an umbi. And it began to rain, so I took shelter under a giant horse chestnut tree. They're diseased here, and the leaves were all brown and crinkly from the hot sun, I thought, but apparently not. The tree did give me some shelter, and the rain eased off, so I continued on my walk. But once I got into the woods, it fell down and continued to do so until I arrived home a little damp, to say the least. Yes, finding God in nature has been prevalent these last few weeks. And my opening verse, go on your way and carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, really speaks a lot to me as I grow wiser and mature. And my poor back can no longer be relied upon to shoulder the heavy load of flitting between countries anymore. I went out this week to a mini school reunion. There were only 17 of us in our class, which diminished diminished to six in the final two years of school. So when five of us gather, it's about one third of the original class or a resounding majority, depending on which class we're talking about. And I set out from home in a dress and a light shirt, a tiny handbag that my parents had bought for me in Italy that holds either nothing of importance or everything if all you want is a lipstick, a rail pass and a five pound note wrapped around the credit card. With a pair of shoes on my feet, which I quickly discarded when the cool grass of the garden enticed my toes to wriggle in it. Curiously, nothing quite like English grass always feels damp. Anyway, I carried no umbrella, trusting that the sun would prevail. I had fully decided to carry an umbi just in case, but walked out without it. I didn't have a backpack. I was invited to take my swimsuit and towel, but decided against it not being a water person, especially in the English cools. And I was also asked to bring something to drink. And I opted to leave the poinsettia makings in the fridge at the last moment, preferring not to doze on the train on the way home after indulging in day drinking and risk missing my stop as Dorts had done once. So I was traveling light physically, but I wasn't mentally. I'd had a little breakdown while getting ready and I tried on umpteen outfits before settling on my dress that in hindsight made me look very prim and proper as I'd probably looked at school. I had to look my best, hadn't seen these women for many, many years, not since they were 16 and I was 16. I should have worn my shorts and a t-shirt, but that was too casual. So I took lots of deep breaths on my way and I prayed hard and the day went well. The sun stayed out for the afternoon, so no rain, so I didn't need an umbrella. And the garden we lunched in was magnificent, a mass of tall daylilies, daisies, peonies, wisteria, grasses, geraniums. There were even hedgerows laden with blackberries around the perimeter of the garden, very wild and English. And there was a tamed lawn large enough for tennis if we wanted to play. The pool was heated but still didn't entice me, even after the offer of the loan of a costume costume i thought thinking theater and i looked amused oh you mean a swimsuit they laughed no i sat on the side watching my school fellows frolic those ladies were grandmas girls i hadn't seen since they were 16 anyway um 
after leaving school myself at 18 and going to college, I made the decision not to keep up with anyone except my best friend who didn't keep up with anyone. So I lost her, touched with her and succeeded in disappearing off the face of the earth for a few decades. But the five of us had different memories of school. Isn't that funny? I bet you do too. The only common one was that we weren't happy. Well, why didn't we tell each other, we thought? Why? So that we could have bonded together and consoled one another. But we were 12, and according to the stories I heard, we had facades and family histories to keep up. So we blustered our way through the years, putting on a brave front, those stiff upper lips that I talk about. And consequently, I thought everyone else was fine, and there must be something wrong with me to be so unhappy. And so the deception went. But the little group this afternoon had been friends at school and still lived fairly close to each other. So it kept up really well. So I was kind of like the the novelty in the group. And I had different friends during my time, a couple who were older. And my memories weren't the same. I was the renegade. I snuck out into the nearby town to meet the boys from Stowe, sitting for hours in a cafe called the Old Jail, sipping a cup of coffee and making it last forever. The others said, oh, I wish we'd hung out with you. I realized that the impulse to go against the grain started at a very young age, you see. It was good to see them, though. Three of them looked just the same, apart from the hefty amount of added poundage. And the other one had lost a lot of weight. And although I could picture her 16-year-old self, I could not reconcile it with the lady who was sitting across from me. We enjoyed afternoon tea before I finally left. And as I was retracing my steps to Hampton Court Station, I realized... Not one of them had asked me what I'd done after school. And I'd asked each one of them what they'd done after school or what my husband did for a living. And I'd asked each one of them what their husbands did for livings. He was an American. I homeschooled. That seemed to be enough. (laughs) And before I go on a break... Um, I have to tell you about a complimentary teleclass given by Julie Meekins, one of my regular guests, and her husband, Tom. If you go to www.marchforthfamily.com and click register now under the class title, turn your challenging kids into thriving children. That's, that's where you click register now. Julie will send you a link to this brilliant teleclass about how to be the parent who understands her child and where he's coming from. Julie and Tom work with parents who are at the end of their tethers with difficult children. And so you can learn exactly what to do when a struggle arises. And really, it's quite um, amazing, um, some of the the methods that they have. So go to the website and register under the class title. Help, this kid didn't come with instructions on the homepage. It's free. What can you lose? And you'll meet an inspiring family to boot. Um, Three weeks ago, this this is our blockbuster news. Three weeks ago, Dorts the dancer and star barista did her final audition. Her blue-eyed dad and I really didn't think she would fling. We really did think that she would eventually fling in the towel. There'd been talk of drawing the line. How long does she keep auditioning without giving up or accepting the first thing that comes along? Not that anything had come along yet. It had only been three months, which is no time in the world of professional auditioning. We were trying to work out how we could say all the right things, which as parents is next to impossible, isn't it? Anyway, 
God answered our prayers because she came home this day with a job offer and the scramble was on. We had to find her a place to have a full medical. She had to do a five-day safety course and work out her two-week notice at the famous coffee shop. She was in a panic because she had three weeks to get ready for a new life that her old life hadn't really prepared her for at all. Also, we all thought in our frenzy, homeschooling and being really close to family who love and encourage her had taught her the moral and ethical values. And that goes a long way in providing the emotional support she'll need. But we were worried about the physical aspect of the job, the immediate geography of the living space, the actual doing of what she was going to do. And It looks as though I am going to have to go on a break. So when I come back, hopefully we will have my guest. Do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. The Woohoo Radio Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse, involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education and encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment. Join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Chances are you didn't give birth to Einstein. So why are you trying to raise your child to be like him? Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein with your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Woohoo Radio Network's parenting show dedicated to helping you release the myth of the perfect parent and discover the unique brilliance in your child and you. Tara and her panel of amazing, intelligent, and sometimes off-the-wall guests will share the tips, tools, trends, and techniques available that will help you stop raising Einstein and start relishing your role as a proud and present parent. Join her every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time for Stop Raising Einstein, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, 
I do have my guest with me, and uh, my guest is Marina Viatoro, and she and her husband and their two boys have traveled all over South America for the last 10 years, and Marina runs her own travel business, fitting in with my travel theme brilliantly, and I'm going to be picking Marina's brains today about travel advice, tips and recommendations on where to eat, stay, and play with your family and children. Welcome, Marina, to my show. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, Marina, I know when I was reading through your your bio and going through your web your website, which is oh, it's just wonderful. All all of that lovely, lovely information. Um, I was I was going through it, and of course, I read about your solo trip that you made when you were young, and it's kind of got you, you know, sort of gave you that that wanderlust that kept you traveling pretty much. So tell us about that. Um, which part, Wonderlust or my gap year? <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well, where did you get your Wonderlust from? I don't know. I've had it way before I did that trip, I guess. Um, I don't know. I think maybe I've always had a little of it because my parents travel often. But I think yep. at 19, when I studied abroad, I studied in Ling- England, actually in London. Um, yep. And then I backpacked through Europe for a little while. I think that's where it, beca- it came alive. Yeah, yeah. For me. Yeah. All right. So tell us your major about your major trip from New York all the way down through South America. Um, well, this was like almost 10 years after that. Um, I just hopped in a bus. I actually had no clue where I was going. I worked really hard for almost eight years saving um, and just doing what I could. And yeah, I just hopped on a bus. I had plenty of money back then. <laughs> I didn't have any worries. I had no baggage, you know, and wherever the wind was going to blow me. I did originally want to travel the world, but I kind of got stuck in Latin America. <laughs> yeah, well, um, probably a reason for that. Tell me, though, did you speak other languages? Was was English your your, your only language or, you know? No, I, I was born in Russia, so um, we were raised speaking Russian at home, but I moved from Russia to the United States when I was six and it's my parents' first language. So my parents and all their friends, they only speak Russian. Well, I mean, they speak English, obviously, yeah. but me and my brother grew up in a Russian household, Russian speaking household, I should say. Yeah. In, in and, New York. Yeah. In New York, we moved from Russia. Well, back then it was the USSR to um, New York city and then New York and the suburbs we grew up. Yeah. So jumping. So so you worked initially and and you had a you had money because that was what I was going to say to you. How did you support yourself for this year? And you took what you call a gap year, but it wasn't really from between high school and college, was it? Well, actually, it wasn't. No, it was way after university. I was actually 28. And um, it wasn't it wasn't intended to be a gap year. It was intended to just go. (laughs) Yeah. Forever, and it just happened to be only about a year and a half in total until well, I met my husband during my um my traveling. So mm-hmm. we kind of you know decided that we wanted to get married. So then I moved back to the states for a year to get everything ready and save up some more money before moving with him to Costa Rica. And is that where he came from, Costa Rica? No, he's actually Guatemalan. We met. Um, I was crossing. Well, funny enough, like I said, I just hopped on a bus. And kind of, I knew that I wanted to go south. So I kind of just went cross country U.S. and in Mexico. And my Spanish was really, it was non-existent basically, but I was really eager to learn. And everybody I kept on meeting was telling me, Guatemala has the cheapest 
classes, uh, Spanish lessons in the world. So I was like, yeah, why not? I have nothing else to do. Um, I didn't even know where Guatemala was. I never met a Guatemalan. And literally, when I crossed the border from Belize to Tikal, Tikal is the Maya ruin all the way northern Guatemala. I knew that I wanted to hang out there before going to Antigua, which is where I wanted to take the classes. Mm-hmm. And it's a Maya room that has a camping site, and I just decided that I wanted to camp there. I had no Spanish. I had nothing. And he was camping next to me. So that was my first Guatemalan encounter, and I'm now living in Guatemala. <laughs> well, and you said he spoke perfect English, so that kind of yeah. piqued your int- interest. So that's well, good. It made it possible for us to speak to each other, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so you describe your family, and it's, it's becoming quite obvious now why you describe your family as multicultural and consequently trilingual. So um, tell us a little bit about how that works within your family, because, you know, I think it's marvelous that you've still got the Russian, because your parents obviously still spoke it at home, because I I've lived in Texas for many years and you know a lot of the 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 Mexicans the young people don't want to talk the language and they refuse to learn it yeah well I'll be honest with you for many many years growing up I was very embarrassed of my Russian heritage and something happened at 18 I never went away the Russian would just you know I mean I was born there is technically my mother language even though English is more of my language now but for years I'd say a good nine years maybe I stopped speaking Russian altogether but my parents still communicated to me in Russian even though I responded in English um and then at 18 something happened I don't know or maybe it was yeah like when I actually became more identified with my international roots rather than you know the whole U.S. thing that you know very close-minded uh country so um and I just became, I started speaking Russian. I think it blew my parents away <laughs> completely. Um, and now, ironically, my Russian is better than it was. And the only people I get to speak Russian to is my children who don't really have Russian and whenever I visit my family. So yeah. Yeah. I obviously want to continue that language, even though um, I don't get that much of it. But yeah. I think, and my kids are trilingual because obviously we live in Guatemala. There's Spanish everywhere. And, you know, they also speak English. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't think being, I think when you're not bilingual, it's becoming to be odd, quite frankly. Um, you know, there's just, well, you know, it's just, be- I've noticed many more people are bilingual and, you know, many trilinguals, but yeah. Yeah, well, Sorry? behind, yeah, English is, is widely spoken and so is Spanish. So those are the two best languages to be bilingual in, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. also the Asian languages, but I just can't. I can't be bothered learning any more languages. It's too hard for me. Well, yeah, <laughs> completely different alphabet. I can understand that. But, you know, Russian is. Do you read and write Russian? No, not so much. That's why I say I have uh, – I'm like an illiterate Russian. Yeah, because yeah. when I decided to give up speaking Russian, I stopped reading and writing as well. So, And I've never had a chance to read or write. There's no possible way for me, so I just speak it. So hopefully when my kids one day, you know, maybe I'll get them – Russian classes here in Guatemala, it's impossible. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I might sit with them. <laughs> so yeah. have you been back to Russia? Have you ever gone, no. you know, as, as an adult? Um, no, every time I wanted to go, there's always something that came up. And now because we are on the Southern Hemisphere um, school schedule, meaning that my son finishes school from October through January, that's the heart of the Russian winter. So I wouldn't come close to it <laughs> to visiting Russia during that time. 
So every time there was, every time I wanted to go back to visit, there's always something that popped up, you know, kind of telling me, you know, it's not the right time to go. So I figured this time will come, you know, right now we're still kind of hanging out on, you know, North America, in the Americas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, were in, you say um, in Guatemala now, you were living in Costa Rica, though, before you moved to Guatemala, yeah. correct? Yeah, in Costa Rica yeah. for seven years and now Guatemala for four, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And you travel all around and you have a travel company where you offer your expertise, expertise in, in that area of Latin America and um, you help families plan the perfect holiday. So what was the motivation for tr- starting Travel Experta? Um, actually, it just happened. I met this one woman who was working for a website in Costa Rica and she was like, you know, there's so many opportunities and she had all these connections for the travel company itself. And we started and she was just, and I loved it. I was writing all the information, but you know, I also had, you know, tons and tons of trips that me and my family have already taken all throughout Costa Rica. Originally it started just as a Costa Rica blog. Mm -hmm. And so I was working with her and she just was, you know, some people are just really lazy. And they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. So somehow I finally managed to get away from her. But I really loved what I was doing. And I spent thousands of hours writing. So all I did was take, take my material and start Travel Experta. But it was originally just a blog to write about, you know, visiting Costa Rica with your family. Because mm-hmm. not many people do that. Or they don't have anything written about it. And somehow, organically, people just started finding in the search engines, I guess. Or I don't even know. And asking me to help them plan their trip. So eventually it just became never did I have any intentions of doing that. Mm-hmm. And it became my livelihood. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. You know, it's, it, it's funny how so many things happen like that. You know, you go out looking for something and you don't, you don't ever, you know, sort of, it gets really difficult. When you're really not looking for anything, it seems to just happen with what you're happiest with, enjoy doing. You enjoyed writing your blog and that led you to something that was wonderful. Yeah, the same with my travels, you know. I wasn't yeah. looking for a husband. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> travel, and there you go. And there he is. He changed, you know, changed the course of my entire life. Yeah. So you have two boys. How old are they? I have a three-year-old and a nine-year-old. Okay. And so traveling, I mean, you've traveled obviously with your boys. Well, you say you've been traveling for 10 years. So obviously you've been traveling all the time with them. How does it change yeah. as they get older? I mean, um, are they used to traveling? Are they, are they pretty good travelers? Yeah. And it makes it much easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, my baby, yeah, they've been, they started traveling from three to six months. So it's kind of a normality for them. But, you know, there's still, comp- it's not easy. Trust me, it's not easy, but it gets easier. It's, you know, it's finally getting easier with my three-year-old. Yeah. So, yeah, they're definitely. Yeah, well, we did, we, we traveled with ours. We have four and we were traveling with them when they were babies. And yes, you're right, it does get easier. But, you know, you just have to, if you want to travel, you can't use your children as an excuse because otherwise then you're not satisfied yourself so you just take them with you and they're very um adaptable for the most part very I found. yeah yeah very we just, absolutely yeah we just uh, you know cheerios were our best friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah you're right there's some things i don't remember right now offhand what it is that we give them for snacks but yeah. it's just it does they're very adaptable you're right you know yeah, you get more yeah that they do they just kind of go with the flow and it's fantastic 
That's right. Well, we have to go on a short break now, Marina. I'm talking to Marina Viatoro, and she has a travel company called Travel Experta. And when we come back after the break, we will be talking in more detail about her business. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNitty, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Join us every Monday at 10 a.m. Central for the Johnny Rowland News, Guns, and Motorsports radio show with commentary about current events, guns, shooting, and firearms issues, automotive and motorsports features, and special music presentations. Johnny is recognized as an international firearms authority and ballistic engineer, as well as an accomplished and widely recognized automotive designer and longtime TV and radio host. This program draws on Johnny's experience in shooting, motorsports, and as a professional entertainer musician. Don't miss Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports. Infotainment at its best. Trust us on this one. It's a fun show. Every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Do you ever feel like you're the invisible woman? Too polite to be political, too nice to be real, tame even though you really want to be unleashed, like you're living in a fairy tale without the happy ending. Well, Cinderella has left the ball, and it's time to wake up and break up with our own self-imposed glass slippers and ceilings. Welcome to Le Chic Speak, the polite woman's guide to self-expression, with your host, Jen Duchenne. Le Chic Speak is the Woohoo Radio Network's resident radio show dedicated to helping women turn on their power and turn up the volume of their voices so you can be seen, heard, appreciated, and celebrated. Join us on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time for your weekly dose of Le Chic Speak with your host, Jen Duchenne, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Now, Marina, you talk um, a lot about child-friendly activities, and I know that the part of, you know, Latin America, Central America, South America, um, you know, they have a fantastic reputation where children are concerned. Children are just welcome everywhere. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so they have, they, I, I think they have yeah. a completely different culture towards children than, than we do. Um, so you, you talk about child-friendly activities, but there are, there are times, you know, when a ch- parents go oh do we have to do that again so is there any way that we can take our children to where we want to go on a on a on a holiday on a vacation and for it to be as interesting for them as it can possibly be you know so and not boring for the parent 
You mean in Latin America or in general? Yes, yes. You know what you do, how you how you arrange those kinds of holidays where it's good for both the parents and the children. Well, Latin America mainly my where I work mainly from is Costa Rica, and we. I just call it Mother Nature's Playground simply because, <clears throat> excuse me, there's so many adventure activities and so much wildlife. There's a rainforest, the beaches. So that in itself, you don't have to redo any a real activity. Just go and hang out outside. Um, it really is great like that. But then, for instance, that's Costa Rica. If you go to, like, Guatemala, there's, you know, little workshops. Then there's also the nature aspect, but not as much. But there's the ruins. There's the lake. So you don't have to have, you know, your kids jumping up and down and be entertained because it's more of a parent thing, but they still get to hang out. Kids love anything outdoors or that keeps them occupied. Mm-hmm. And I find that the majority of the stuff that people do here, like the workshop for kids, I love them. I learn a lot. You know, it's things that you probably don't know anything about that particular culture and the way the majority of these, well, the ones that we've experienced so far, you know, are good for kids, but it's really fun for adults. I would do yeah. them even if my kids weren't with me. <laughs> right. So you're, t- you're talking about um, activities. You're, you're not talking about setting up holidays that are like to resorts or holiday camps where everything is uh, included. You're talking about, yeah, you tell yeah, it, tell us what kind. I don't work with any all-inclusives and I, we, as a family, we don't do all-inclusives. I mean, we might do, one, just to see the difference, but no, I find that you could do, all, being all-inclusive, you might as well just go to, you know, a hotel right next to your house and lock yourself up in that hotel, because that's basically yeah. what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I also, I my specialty, not only for what I do for families, but for our own travel is boutique stuff and very localized things, things, you know, like smaller hotels. And more of the the local fun things that people would do, even though it's, you know, quote unquote touristy. But a lot of the stuff is you learn a lot. You learn about the culture. You learn about the place. We never really go to um, big restaurants unless they are focused on the type of food and that is, you know, kind of intertwined with the culture. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, we were just in Boston. We just went to Boston and we went to two specific types of restaurants. Boston is known for seafood, so I found a very authentic type of seafood. And then Boston is also a city of firsts, what meaning that a lot of the first things in the United States happen in Boston and even some in the world. But, for instance, we went to the very first restaurant in the United States, you know, so things uh, like that. Mm-hmm. And you learn while you're just hanging out eating, you're actually learning about the place because it's somewhat, it's a kind of like a museum type of thing. That's what I recommend on my website. You know, you'll never find, you know, just like chains and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's just mm-hmm. stay away from. And so if somebody finds you and decides, okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to go to Guatemala um, and I'm going to get Marina to book it for me. Do you do it all from the plane all the way through the hotels and the activities? Do you do all of that? I don't do the airplanes because okay. right now airlines, they, you'll be, everybody will get their own think uh-huh. it's much cheaper than working with a travel agent because airlines don't work with travel agents anymore you know they're so expensive and volatile so whatever flights an agent will get you they always tack on a fee so i don't do that i don't work like that i work with mainly the hotels and tours and don't charge my clients extra fees mm-hmm. um so 
Yeah. The second you get off that plane, the second you get back on the plane, I will help with everything else. Okay. So do you, do you actually meet some of your, your clients in person? Um, I think I've only met one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> years, five years. Yeah. yeah because, um, yeah, no, I haven't. I, now yeah. that I think of it, yeah, just that one time, one person, yeah. one family. Yeah. So you're not a tour guide. So you're not no. going to be taking them around. No. Travel agent. No, I don't. Yeah, 100% travel agent. I work yeah. with fantastic operators and hotels yeah. at this point. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't do that. Great. And so if, if, I'm, if I'm, say I'm a homeschooling family, which I am, <laughs> okay. and home, you know, homeschoolers typically only have a single income. So there's not an awful lot of money there. And so um, how, how would you suggest um, a, um, a holiday in Central America, for example, where would you suggest they go? And, you know, and, and at what time of year would you suggest since we're homeschoolers, we can go at any time of the year. So how would that work out? How could we get the least expensive and the best value for money? Um, Guatemala is probably one of the cheaper countries with a lot more to learn. Costa Rica is more nature so it really will depend on what you want to do depends on you know kind of educational trip you want to do but if for money wise i would recommend coming from september through november because it's quote unquote the rainy season or may actually may is also that month in itself may september october november those are the really low seasons because it's quote unquote rainy um, although, you know, it's so difficult to tell and you can handle the rain. It's not going to be that much. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot cheaper because it's off season. That's when everybody else is also in school. There's mm-hmm. really very few holidays during that time. And yeah, and the, uh, the countries are almost empty, which is fantastic. I prefer, we prefer to travel off season simply mm-hmm. because I can't stand the tourist high seasons, you know, just mm-hmm. too many people. So you get that, you get the benefits of much lower prices in that respect, um, you don't have to do a lot of tours. You could do a lot on your own. Mm-hmm. And in Guatemala especially, you could find some gorgeous hotels. I mean, gorgeous, unique, colonial, tiny, for like $100 a night, including breakfast. You know, yeah. maybe 125 for a family of six, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's not expensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Costa Rica during those times of the year, a lot of the hotels that are much more costly between like two $300 can cost you only like $125. Because of the time of the year as well. Um, so that'd be great. And you could take maybe one or two tours, but a lot of stuff you could do on your own. You really yeah. can. Yeah. And you would you would give ideas um, maybe when yeah, you're, when you're talking to these people? Yeah. Of yeah. what the best things there are to do in whichever country with or without the tours. You yeah. know, depending where you want to go, what you want to see. For sure. So, so what about driving? I mean, is driving something that that can be done by by the parents? I mean, is it is it easy to get in a car and drive around? In Costa Rica, it is. Um, I wouldn't do it so much in Guatemala because you really don't go that many places in Guatemala, so you don't need a car while you're in those places. So you could just. I would just recommend you know paying for a shuttle between the places and to the airport in Guatemala. But Costa Rica, because it is. Um, it's, I guess it's a bigger country in some respect, but there's more to see and it's further mm-hmm. apart. Mm-hmm. I would recommend cars. Totally safe, very easy driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And more fun, more freedom. Yeah, yeah. So um, you travel, do you travel to pretty much all the countries that you recommend and that you um, 
you know, sort of help these, help your families um, plan their holidays? Have you already been to these places and, and sussed them out? And so, you know, yeah. firsthand oh. experience, yeah. I only write about places that I personally visited and everything on my site is about what I've personally done with mm-hmm. my family so that I've already tested it out and I could give an honest yeah. opinion. I only help families. Well, not only families, I've helped many couples and honeymooners as well. Um, 95% is Costa Rica and then some is Guatemala simply because I live here, but I mainly focus in Costa Rica, but my website, I I write about every place I go to, and now we've expanded a lot more to North America as well because we're doing a lot more trips there. We've done almost all Central America. So whatever you find on my website, Cuba, we've done. That's We've been there hands-on. I've done everything there with my family. You so, know, and, and yeah, and that's wonderful. I think I think that's part of of the attraction of, of dealing with, with somebody like you is the fact that we know that you've been there and that you wouldn't recommend something knowledgeably anyway that that wasn't going to work out because you've you've tried it yourself. Yeah, I mean, I get a lot of my clients <clears throat> come back to me and saying that we, they, they'd love to work with me, but for other locations. And I usually tell them, you know, I honestly, well, if I've been there, I'll tell them what I recommend doing, but I don't work with them. So I tell them, you know, don't, I can't help you with yeah. that, but not, you know, when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why so, I don't really like guess, bloggers too much um, if it's from something that I haven't done because it kind of yeah. doesn't make sense for my site. No, <laughs> that's right. And so um, you say going out of season is really um, a good a good um, way to go inexpensively. How do you go out of season? You have now you've got your boy is now in school, your older boy, obviously. So are you able to go out of season? <laughs> well, I've done the majority of Central America, which is on our time schedule. So now... I love his schedule because he ends mid-October through January. October and November are the slowest seasons pretty much internationally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So for us, it's perfect timing to go traveling because it's the off-season. And then for the holiday season, we just hang out with my family that is in the United States. We don't really travel that much. But, for instance, October and November, we do. We get to travel, and that's completely off-season. So, yeah, it works out perfectly. Oh, so he gets four months off during the during his break. Three months, yeah. Three months off during his break. Well, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And I did notice that you were doing. Um, you did a bike ride in New York, and that was that yeah. was fascinating. Yeah, that was yeah. that was fun. Just you and your husband, and you said that you only was... had four hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, when we went to Belize, we did it with our kids. That was oh. really. Fun. I love that. Oh yeah, if you could rent a bike and go exploring, it's the best way to do it. If it's bike yeah. friendly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. For sure. Well, Marina, we've got to go on another break. Now, can you come back just for about five minutes and tell us where we can find you? You know, give us your, your website information. And, um, um, you know, can you can you come back for five minutes after the break? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I've got to go on another break. And I'll be back with Marina uh, Viatoro, who's been telling us about her, her um, travel agency and some inexpensive places to go in Central America? Yes, Central America. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? 
That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management. The holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness. How emotions are directly related to physical illness and how to read your body like a book. Dr. Devan will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. So, Marina, before you go, I want to ask you what it's like living in a Central American country compared to New York. Because we all know that New York is rush, 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 and Guatemala probably isn't like that at all. So tell us a little bit how, how it's different to like life in New York. Well, New York, Manhattan is not like the United States. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> it's a crazy place. I actually, I recommend people visit there, give it six months, but it's not a really good city to live. So it's a little hectic. It's too stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, living in Central America, I mean, you know, you deal with the same, you deal, deal with stresses of normal life. But one thing that I, no, actually a couple of things that I love the most is the lack of consumerism here. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to the States and that's all it is, you know, it's just shopping, consumerism, materials. It's just, you know, silly things that you just do not need in life. Living in Costa Rica and Guatemala, 
Never. I don't, it's never an issue. Um, there's not even any real stores. And the second thing is the lack of options, which you know what, <laughs> ironically, is actually better when you don't yeah. have 50,000, you know, things to choose from and just maybe two or three, it really helps. And yeah. that's what it is here. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, you know, you bitch and moan. Oh, I wish they had more, but not really. At the end of the day, you get everything you need. And your kids don't grow up, you know, I want this, I want this, I want that. They just don't. It's not part of their everyday upbringing. Like when I visit my friends in the United States, it's all about shopping. It's only about shopping. Their houses are miniature Toys R Us's. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You know, they don't even look at their toys anymore. That's right. So, yeah. So your, your parents, that's all right. Your parents still live there in New York. Yeah, they live in New York and in Florida. So we normally visit um, either place. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And have they been to Guatemala to visit you? Yeah, lots. Lots and yeah, lots. Yeah, lots of times. So you're a close family. Yeah, very. Yeah. 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 That's great. That's wonderful. Well, Marina, um, tell us where we can go and find you and read your blog and get in touch with you and maybe have you plan a holiday. Well, you should go on um, Travel Experta. It's like expertwithanay.com, travelexperta.com, and you'll be able to find everything there. You can contact me directly from this page. You could read all about our travels, whatever destination you want to go to, you know, to get an idea for your own planning without, you know, uh, it's all pretty good. Uh, it's like a directory style. So hopefully it will help, you know, for instance, if you want to go to Costa Rica, it will tell you the best hotels that are really kid friendly restaurants, the different tours, mm-hmm. um, to help out, you know, that's really yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I recommend my listeners, all of you need to shoot on over there and have a look because even if you're not planning, a- you can actually experience a lot just by reading Marina's blog. It's just fantastic. She's got some great pictures. She's got great things to say or not. (laughs) She's honest. And she's been everywhere that she recommends. So you know that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all from personal experience. Marina, thank you so much for joining me. I've been talking to Marina Viatoro, owner-operator of Travel Experta, where she organizes the perfect holiday for you and your family. Her expertise is in Central and South America as well as in the United States. So you, you don't even have to go overseas. She can help you right there in your own, your own continent. And she's a great proponent of child-friendly travel and has been to all the places that she recommends, as I said. And you will find her link to Travel Experta on my Toginet radio site as well. So, Marina, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you for having me. It was really You're fun. welcome. <laughs> you have a lovely weekend and continue to enjoy your travels. Thanks so much. All right. <laughs> Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Well, that was wonderful, wasn't it? I was always very aware of traveling with children when mine were young. We had to make sure to balance what we liked to do with what would interest the children. So we made sure that there was lots of playtime on the beach before or after cultural visits and plenty of treats like these are simple treats like pizza out at the pizza place, not take it home, ice cream sundaes, straws in their drinks and water slides. So my children were pretty easy to please and um, we balanced it quite well. And I was talking about my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter, who had taken her or done her last audition and we were worried about um, the job that she was going to, you know, the immediate geography of the living space where she prepared. We didn't really know what it was that um, we knew what she was going to do, but we didn't know what it was going to be like. And um, she was actually on the verge of 
earning a living as a professional dancer and she is currently and has been for a week on board a cruise line and we did actually manage to talk to her very briefly today as first time in about a week so for somebody that we've um, been with day in day out for the last couple of years that was a long time to have to go but she's loving it she's doing everything the dancing is very demanding she has loads of costumes wears lots of makeup and she is just having a blast and her extra duties on board the ship are just getting the party going so when the when the passengers have a party night they have to go up there all dressed up in their evening finery and start the dancing and you know do that and just kind of look as though they're having fun to encourage the passengers to have fun so I thought ooh, that sounds tough and she gets to cruise a lot of the world on this luxury liner and she danced her heart out as I said and it really is a dream come true we hope but um How better to become independent without being totally independent? Her board and lodging are all included. She has a tiny shared cabin. She said it's minute, but she can put a curtain around her, around her bunk so she feels she's in a wee room. And she has a coveted porthole in her cabin, which not a lot of them have. And she said the top bunk where she is has a view from the window. She calls the porthole a window. And she said it's breathtaking. She's she's taken some photographs of some of the things she's woken up to. The only problem is that she has her computer on the top bunk. Not that she can use it because there's no internet. And I notice that her cord has to go all the way down to the floor, to the um, to the plug on the floor. But, you know, I would rather do that than give up my window. Um, she took a safety course. I told you a five-day safety course was something that she had to take. And she said that the best thing she had ever done. She did life-saving in the water, clambering in and out of covered lifeboats, in wetsuits for hours, learning how to conserve body heat and energy. And she told us everyone should take this course. And then she did a three-day firefighting course. She moved around in dark, smoke-filled conditions in full gear, including breathing apparatus and a hose. And she was at once frightened and exhilarated, she said, because the helmet and the mask over her nose was kind of a little bit claustrophobic. She was the only woman among about a dozen men. And she was a team leader, which says a lot for her determined personality. She had a thoroughly great week. And... um you know, she was ready. She was ready to head off for her cruise ship. And we shopped. We didn't really know what she needed. We didn't get a list of everything that she had to bring. So we guessed. Then we got her a long dress and a cocktail dress and appropriate smart clothes to wear. We're mingling with the passengers on other evenings when she wasn't in uniform. And we also had to shop for shoes, her favorite thing. And we took her to the airport. It was a bit of a scramble because the taxi was late. And the attendant at the desk took great pleasure in telling us that the flight to Inverness had been closed. And we said, but we were told it was 30 minutes before flight time and he said you missed it by a minute and he was grinning from ear to ear isn't that irritating when there are some people like that so he sent us over to customer service assuring us that we'd get on the next flight three hours later and the customer service took one look at his computer and said are you kidding me and he called our delighted attendant and told him to check us in since the flight had only just hit the deck and so we were rushing we said hasty farewells with the beginnings of tears and waved her through security where she was further held up with rogue liquids lurking in her heavy carry-on bag but she got to the gate and the plane had been delayed after all that oh well and we only spoke to her briefly as I said but you know she is going to do fine she's doing the Mediterranean and she's um, she's she's in the Mediterranean and during the winter here she's going to be going over to 
Brazil and Argentina. So tough, tough job, but oh, great, great. I'm so happy for her. Now we feel that we can get on with our lives as long as we can sell the flat, which will happen soon. I hope we had seven people looking at it this week. So that's good. Perry Poppins, our little nanny daughter, went to Colorado with her family for 12 days. She was fit to be tied by the end and glad to get home, having to deal with tents and rain and laundry and mud and young children and that. But um, anyway, and then the young married couple, my younger son and his wife, they're getting closer, they're getting closer and closer to um, raising their money for their business. Um, they have their blue-winged macaws that are learning to fly right now, but it's too hot to take them outside. They covered in the yard so that they didn't risk the birds flying off and never seeing them again, um, but uh, with some netting, so it looks like a huge aviary. And my oldest son, um, he got a start date for the third season of Dallas that he edits. In the meantime, he's working with a post-production company while writing a comedy show with a friend that they're planning on filming in the next few weeks and I suppose I really need to finish my show because I've come to the end of my time with you for another week hopefully lots of lookers for the flat over the weekend we may try visiting a couple of markets to buy some fresh produce with dorts on her ship we can go more vegetarian with our food and there are some good open-air produce markets with plenty of ethnic food depending on where we go we can get asian or west indian or ethiopian oldest daughter is off to san antonio for a visit to so safe travel to her and youngest daughter is learning more dances to keep her high kicking on the high seas join me again next week when i'll be back same time same place with more adventures from traveling homeschoolers and news from merry old that's fridays at noon texas time or 6 p.m in london without further ado i'll say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight our four children who are the result of that belief the hard-working staff at toginet radio my guest this week marina Viatoro, and you my faithful listeners especially hannah joel rosemary kathleen jane olivia jacob esme millicent tina and oodles of other others who are part of of my growing audience stay tuned to tokenet all the time and catch lots of great shows to glide you through your day take care and be safe the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you uh, the lord turn his face towards you and give you peace number 